there is absolutely no doubt that Google plays favorites. Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Hello, this is James Reynolds, your host, and you're tuned into Traffic Jam episode number 26. And it's the podcast show that teaches you how to get more traffic, leads, and sales, and build a profitable audience online. So I'm going to get stuck right into talking about my guest today, and his name is Ryan Hanley. Ryan was introduced to me by Marcus Sheridan, who is the guest here on episode number 24 of Traffic Jam. And the first thing that I found of Ryan's was his content warfare podcast. It's a slightly more established show than Traffic Jam. It's been going for about 50 episodes, but there was a real strong crossover in terms of the guests that Ryan has on the show. Ryan's interviewed people like Neil Schaefer, Chris Brogan, Amy Porterfield, Pat Flynn, and a whole bunch of others that you'd be very familiar with if you're a regular listener to this show. But the appeal of the show is not just confined to the guests. It really revolves around Ryan's ability to get the most out of his experts on each episode, but also his his way of applying what he learns through interviewing others to his own business. He's got an independent insurance agency. He's the head of marketing for that business. And Ryan really provides a lot of sort of case studies of how he's using content marketing to grow his own company. And uh, I really like that. I think it's one of the reasons that Marcus Sheridan um, referred me to Ryan as well, because I do see Marcus being cut from very much the same cloth. He's one that doesn't just teach, he actually does. And it's certainly a trait of Ryan's too. The Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. I spent a good amount of time going through the episodes of Content Warfare before inviting Ryan on the show. And some of the episodes that piqued my interest most were around the topic of Google+. Now, Ryan's interviewed several expert Google Plusers, um, people like Mark Traphagen and Jesse Wadillo spring to mind. And Ryan really held his own on the subject and seemed to have a really good broad level of expertise which is also packaged up into this great little starter course on Google Plus called the Google Plus Starter Kit. Now, as it's been a little bit of time since we've covered the topic of Google Plus, in fact, we've only covered it once and it was with uh, Chris Brogan back on episode number nine or so. I thought it would be a good opportunity to revisit the subject, especially as there's been quite a lot of changes with the platform in recent weeks. So Google Plus is the topic of today's interview and that's coming right up next. But don't go anywhere after that because we do have our regular segments, the one minute traffic tip, this week's news in traffic. And the reason this podcast is called Traffic Jam, we have the musical jam to play out the show. So. Let's get stuck into today's interview with Ryan Hanley, who incidentally, since this interview was recorded, became a first time dad. So big congratulations to you, Ryan. Here we have it. The Ryan Hanley interview all about Google+. 
This is Traffic Jam episode number 26 and joining me in the hot seat this week is Ryan Hanley. Ryan, welcome to Traffic Jam. James, it's so, uh, it's so good to be here, man. Thanks for having me. Well, it's kind of a little bit different for you. You spend a lot of time on the other side of the mic asking questions. So uh, hopefully this might make a refreshing change for you to, to field a few this week. Oh, yeah, a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it, man. <laughs> cool. Well, you've got a bunch of things going on. You have got, of course, your content marketing focused podcast. You've got a Google Plus mini course. And of course, you've got a bricks and mortar business where you apply a lot of what you teach um, to others. For those of our listeners out there who've not heard of Ryan Hanley, just give us a quick overview of you and your business. Uh, so basically, I am the founder of uh, Content Warfare, which is um, just a platform, a community where uh, business owners, marketers, and kind of the solo, solopreneur, entrepreneur crowd can kind of come together uh, in many different formats, podcast, uh, video on YouTube, and uh, on my blog, and just discuss what's going on in content marketing and how we tell our story, be useful, and kind of attract attention and an audience. And uh, we try to do a lot of different experiments and examine the best ways to do that. And everything that I talk about is drilled out of uh, the kind of brick and mortar independent insurance agency in which my family owns. So I'm the director of marketing for a 15-person, single-location, uh, independent insurance agency in Albany, New York, which is about uh, two and a half hours north of New York City. And uh, it's a, all the strategies are actually things that we are doing in our agency to attract business. It's not just like theories that I scraped off someone else's website. I mean, this is uh, the things that are working and the things that are not working in a business that uh, has has to pay, has to pay the bills, has to keep the lights on and do so in a local environment. Got it. So I think it would be pretty fair to say that what we're going to talk about today isn't going to be fluffy stuff. This is stuff that you personally are using in your own business to get results. Yeah, this is the grimy details, man. <laughs> Love it. Cool. Well, I know one of the things that you're especially passionate about that you have been getting great results with is Google+. Now, with your, um, of course, say-so, Ryan, I'd like to focus a lot of our attention there today. Fantastic, uh, man. Sounds good. Cool. Okay, well, let me kick off this interview with what might be the most offensively basic question I've ever asked a guest about <laughs> their area of expertise. What the hell is Google+. So Google Plus is Google's social layer. And I'm going to try not to geek out on you here because I have propensity to do that when it comes to this tool. I just um, was trying, like I said, I, I experiment with everything. And I started experimenting with Google Plus and, and YouTube tools in general and just found an amazing um, return on the time spent and the energy spent. And not that we really spend too much money inside the tool, but uh, you know what we're giving to it, we're getting back exponentially. So when I say social layer, what I mean is, uh, at its core, Google's mission is to uh, provide every problem, every every problem, every question that anyone has anywhere in the world on anything with the best possible solution. Right. So at its core, that's what it's trying to do. And what Google realized uh, about probably a long time ago, but really started to implement about three years ago, was they couldn't, they knew that people were having all these interactions inside of the social space, Facebook, Twitter, and all the other thousands of social networks. And though 
Google had, was, was getting a pretty good grip on websites um, and, and forums and, and, and places like that, what they were struggling with were all these interactions that were taking in the social world. And uh, they tried to form a partnership with Twitter, which didn't really work. Um, Facebook has been, you know, the, this is kind of a used up analogy, but like a walled garden. Um, they can see likes and see kind of pages from the outside, but what's happening internally, uh, Google can't really get a good grip on. Uh, so what Google did was create its own social layer. And as and it's more than a social network because now it's started to come into YouTube comments, um, and you know Google Drive has now been integrated with Google Plus. So all their tools are starting to be connected to, to Google Plus. And the reason being is every single action we take inside of Google Plus is being indexed and categorized and ultimately used to rank us as, as, as uh, accounts, whether it's a, a Google Plus page or Google Plus profile, rank our authority on certain topics. And uh, we can get more into what authority is, but uh, that is kind of what Google Plus is. is it's this way for Google to understand how we interact with each other as people and not just how we interact with web pages. Got it. So the, the core of this, it wasn't such a dumb question on my part, right? This is not a typical social media platform in the way that perhaps a Facebook would be. This thing yes. is kind of working and integrating through the entire Google ecosystem, which I'm sure has effect on other areas of what Google do. Yes. Yeah. So basically what Google wants to understand is uh, they, they know that human interaction. So uh, you post something inside of Google Plus, an article that, that you've written or one of your podcast episodes, and you put some text in there and a link to your article. And I listen to the podcast and I come in and I say, James, you know, fantastic. I love this part. And, and here's uh, something else that I was thinking about. And then we have this conversation inside of Google Plus. And, you know, and then let's say because of that conversation, more people are coming in and now 20 or 30 people are interacting. And what Google is seeing is that one, uh, our interaction is now linked. We're to, you know, Google is now saying, okay, what, what James does Ryan is interested in, and now I can uh, start to uh, correlate them a little more. And you know, James's article got thirty uh, plus ones, which uh, for people who are more familiar with Facebook, that's like a like clicking the like button. It's essentially like giving them a high five. I guess. Yep. Um, there's more to it uh, than that, but uh, when you when you give someone a plus one, uh, now Google is saying, okay, so this article that James wrote about. Uh, you know, whatever it was, uh, it's got 30 plus ones and other people in this general topic that his article was written about on average are getting 15. So that tells them, and this is very, this is broad sweeping stroke, right? That tells them, that tells Google and, and their algorithm that you are more of an authority on that topic than someone else who may consistently get less engagement uh, less reshares, less plus ones, and now they take um, the kind of authority that you're getting off your website in general, and now they can add in how people interact with you in the social space and really get a firm grip on the topics that you are um, most knowledgeable in and the topics that people are the most engaged with you on. Because I could write about a topic all day long, but if no one cares, yep. you know, perfectly SEO'd out, 
buy tons of backlinks, and traditionally that website would rank really well. What Google said is, you could do all those things, but if no one is engaging with you, then we know that it's really not a good resource, and that's what Google Plus is allowing them to find out. Got it. So this is really all about Google kind of bringing offline authority and sort of expertise stroke status, if you want to kind of give it a label, online, right? It's trying to sort of establish online who is an expert in a particular area and then perhaps give them favor elsewhere on the Google platform. A much more concise way of uh, breaking down the diatribe that I just went on. (laughs) Well, that's what I'm here to do. (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, if our listener is not already on Google+, and I'm sure there are a number of people out there who would find themselves in that situation, I think you and I could probably do them a good service by setting them out on the right track. What yes. things should our listener be doing when setting up their account to ensure that they are set up right first time? Okay. So uh, really all you need to have for Google+, is a Gmail account. So if you have a Gmail account, then technically you are already on the Google Plus platform if you have a Gmail account. If you don't have a Gmail account, then signing up for Google Plus is as simple as getting a Gmail account and don't have to use Gmail for your email, but you have to have a Gmail account to get onto Google Plus. Um, Some people have a problem with that, but it's kind of just the way that it is. And... Once you're on there, the very first thing that you want to do is spend some time in your about page. So Google Plus is is, is a fairly simple social network. You have an about page. You have a page that lists the posts that you make. um, And you can now actually add your YouTube videos. Uh, You can connect Google Plus with YouTube, which we can get to in a minute. But uh, you you can now have your YouTube videos listed inside your, your Google Plus uh, profile page as well. And that's that's really the three main tabs. There's a couple others, but um, those aren't really as useful. Those are the three main tabs. Spend some time on your about page because here's the beauty of Google Plus versus, say, uh, your Facebook page. And, and this talks a lot to uh, traffic, which is what this podcast is all about, right? Ranking and search, getting traffic to your page. So your profile on Google Plus has page rank like any other website. So if you take your Google Plus profile and you stick it into Google's PageRank, PageRank Checker or any other PageRank-oriented uh, program online, you're actually going to get a score for that page. And it is so your Google Plus About page is an area that you should fill up with information about yourself, your contact information, what you do. You should link out to all your person, pertinent platforms uh, because that page, as you build connections, as you build links to that page inside the Google Plus platform, is growing in PageRank. And like right now, my Google Plus profile has a, has a PageRank 4, which for people who aren't familiar with that, you don't necessarily need to know what that means other than it has a relatively decent amount of authority that I can pass through to another page by linking to it. Yeah. So if I link out from my, my Google Plus page to another website, I'm giving that other website a nice boost in rank. And uh, so you really want to take some time and, and really build that out so that uh, you're giving Google a nice picture because all that information is categorized and indexed so you can be found in search. Um, really want to spend some time there. And then just have you know, a nice cover photo, nice profile like you would anywhere else. So relatively simple in getting started uh, from the kind of setup perspective before you get to using it. 
Great. Well, we'll come to content, I think, as kind of the next topic. But I think before we tackle that, I want to ask you about the kind of the, the Google Plus profile versus the Google Plus page, because Google mm-hmm. Plus pages for, for business are still relatively new. In fact, my agency, SEO Sherpa, recently had its Google Places page kind of automatically converted over to a Google Plus page. Mm-hmm. Where should our listener be focusing their Google Plus activity? Profile or page, assuming that they're a business owner? Yeah. So as a business owner, this is a... Um... This is actually a really interesting question because this is my answer is going to start with the, the worst answer you can give to any question, which is it depends, right? So you you have to you have to think about what your goals are for the platform. If you if you have a business and it's a brick and mortar business, any type of local business, you absolutely absolutely want to have a page profile is a person, page is is a business or entity of some sort. You want to have a page. Because, uh, like what happened to your business and what is going to happen to uh, automatically to just about every business eventually, um, but you can actually initiate the process as well, is Google Places is now integrating with Google Plus and becoming Google Local. Yep. And uh, that, for a local business, is one of the most powerful tools that you can have. It's where you collect your Google reviews. It's where you enter your information that's ultimately going to show up inside of Google Maps. Uh, If you want to be found in local search results uh, through uh, your Google Places page moving into the future, you need to have your Google Plus profile filled out, you know, completely uh, with good detailed information. Um, So that is an incredibly important tool for local businesses. Uh, Similarly important for businesses that might be virtual, but incredibly important, almost a necessity if if you are a local business. Yeah. Uh, if you are a virtual business, um, what I would recommend is having the page and what every business wants to do is uh, there's something called a publisher tag and it's similar to Google authorship, which we haven't mentioned yet, but basically it connects your Google Plus page for a business to your business website. Uh, and it's just a simple piece of code that you can add either through a widget or you can have, uh, if, you, if you don't do your website stuff yourself, uh, a very simple piece of code that your, your web designer or whoever can, can add for you. And this tells Google that this website here on the internet is connected to this Google Plus uh, page. Yeah. And, you know, over time you are building authority through your actions on your Google Plus page and your actions on your website are transferring authority back and forth between those two places. So uh, you want to make sure you have that publisher tag uh, installed and you want to make sure that you're, you've combined your Google Places and Google Plus account to create a Google Local is, is what they're calling it now. Yeah, um, got it. And it, one thing that I noticed when, when we had this rollout, which I guess was probably within the last couple of weeks we might be a bit further behind some areas of the world this affected the actual search listing itself if I just look at my business now and perhaps a listener as an example you know might even be able to do this SEO Sherpa you'll actually find now that that listing is much richer in context than it ever was before there's the reviews showing there's the maps listing showing right next to it and there's even a link off to our verified Google Plus page which makes our results stick out from all of those around it because it's just so much richer in in, in content and, and detail. Yeah, this is why I 
like I said, I can geek out on this a lot. This is why I love um, playing Google's game, right? There is absolutely no doubt that Google plays favorites. Um, they want you to use their tools. They want you to integrate your website into their products. Uh, that goes the same for YouTube and Google Plus and Google Drive and Google Calendar and, and all these additional tools that they have and are coming out with. They want you to use them. And if you do, they are going to reward you by placing additional pieces of information into Google search. Um, the, most, the most notable was Google authorship. So yeah. we explained the publisher tag, uh, similar, very similar process, but for people. So you have your Google Plus profile, so the, the human being, you, uh, and you can add a little piece of code to every article that you write. And if you do that, Google places your Google Plus profile picture next to your search results. And if you've done any searching inside of Google in the last six months uh, to a year, you've seen some search result with a little image next to it. That's because of authorship. That, by adding authorship to the articles that you write, you have a, you, uh, your click-through rate is 47% higher regardless of what position you are in in search. Okay, so when I'm talking to a group of small business owners, I push authorship yeah. very hard. And the reason is because, you know, if, if let's say um, my small business is in the insurance industry, I'm going up against mega companies like Geico and some of these other um, huge national companies that pay, you know, billions of dollars in advertising. It's very hard for me to beat them in search uh, to get to number one. But I can get to five or six. And if I'm in five or six and I have authorship and they don't, I'm actually getting more clicks in the sixth position in, in search than they're getting in the first position. And that is an incredibly important tool for any local business. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, if I just do a search now, and again, maybe a, an example for our listener who's by their PC right now is you go and search for Content Warfare podcast, you'll see then that there's a little authorship picture that comes up next to the result with Ryan's image on it. Terribly professional photo, might I add, Ryan? You're looking rather suave in your picture there, but that's building up your own personal brand, right? Not only <laughs> increasing click-through rates, but uh, but getting your brand out there as well. Well, you know, I I have um, my authorship transcends my uh, my kind of consulting content marketing agency brand to also my insurance agency since I write for both places. Yep. And I had like this really kind of cheeky like marketing guy picture that I thought was like really cool. And then um, uh, my boss saw that and he was like, that's a cool picture, but I don't want it on our, <laughs> our agency results. <laughs> so I had to kind of change it back to this more. So you got, this, you got the suit back out again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Well, let's move on to content. Um, I've heard you say that the Google Plus platform forces you to create better content. Why is that the case? So the reason that I say that is for, for a couple of reasons. There's really two. The, the first is think of, we need to think of every, unlike Facebook, right, where maybe you just quickly drop a link in with a title and, and boom, you, you post that out to your, to your peeps. With Google Plus, Every post that you make inside the platform is indexed and ranked like a web page. So you have to think about every post that you make as an actual blog post. Uh, 
Additionally, you can draw attention to your, your posts by formatting them. So Google allows you to add bold, you can add underline, you can add strikeout, you can add uh, italics. There's all these different ways that you can format your Google Plus posts to draw attention to them. So essentially, these are almost becoming blog posts and they are ranked in Google search like blog posts. So if you have uh, the first line is usually what the title of the Google of what will show up in search, but you write a really well received um, post inside of Google Plus and like let's use the example I said before, you post your podcast and it just kills it. Say say 100 people plus one that. So every time someone plus ones an article, unlike Facebook where it's just like this uh, cumulative kind of ranking you know, hey, I have 30 plus ones or whatever, and we, we feel good about that. Um, Google Plus is actually creating a whole new web page every time someone clicks plus one that links back to your page. So if, so, if you get 30 plus ones on a post, you essentially have 30 new links pointing to that post and passing their page rank and their authority onto your page. So if each one of those 30 pages gets five, six, 10, 100 likes, that's, that's, that's a, you know, now you're growing exponentially and all those are filtering down to your posts. So I have seen Google Plus posts ranked in search f for months. Now, they do tend to deteriorate over time, but if you have a really powerful post, it can be ranked in search and, and drive search traffic to your Google Plus post and then... Uh, and, and really gain a lot of traction. So you want to take every post seriously uh, because it has search ramifications and if done right, can, can really be a powerful tool. The second reason is the community that you find inside Google+. And link dumping, so that like kind of Twitter or Facebook or even LinkedIn really strategy now, of just kind of popping a link in and hitting enter and, and hoping someone clicks on it. If you do that inside of Google+, the community will shun you. And, I, and I'm, I'm not just saying that because I'm like a geek for the network. Like <laughs> uh, I made this mistake when I first got there, right? Like I had used Twitter for four years to market my business and now all of a sudden I'm using uh, Google Plus and you drop a link in there and nothing else and you're like, oh, okay, I'm sharing in Google Plus. This is great. And nobody clicks plus one, nobody comments, nothing happens and you're like, this place is a ghost town. It is not a ghost town. It's just that the community actually demands that you provide more value with the content that you share there. Um, but if you do, if you do take the extra second to write a little reason why someone should click through, they are so incredibly supportive that uh, you'll see you'll see posts um, having uh, gain incredible reach in in a matter of minutes um, if you take that time to to actually create a post uh, of value. Awesome. Okay. Well, you prompted a couple of follow-up questions. So I'll throw both of them at you in one go. Do you think that that being the case, that it's demanding of better quality content, um, perhaps Google might favor the longer posts on Google Plus because there is more indexable content. Are we putting ourselves at risk of perhaps pushing our best content on Google Plus? That's question one. And the second one um, is how do we attract the right people to interact with our posts? Because I'm assuming that if someone within your space who's also an expert in, let's say, content marketing like yourself, Ryan, if they plus one your post, I'm sure that has more weight than someone else. How do we attract the right audience to, you know, to view and share those posts? 
Great questions. Um, I'm going to start with the first one first because that makes sense. Um, so are we giving away our best content on Google Plus? Really, really good question. Um, question I actually uh, get a lot from people that go through um, my Google Plus starter kit um, because they, they all say because it, it, it's a very it's a very like straightforward. Uh, it's the next question that you think to ask. Well, geez, I want to spend my time on my site and put my best content there. What I'll tell you is if you if you believe in guest posting at all and the power of what guest posting can do for your business. What I would think of, I would think of each Google Plus post. Now, look, if you wrote a great article and you're sharing it inside the space, you do not need to write a book when you share it. Maybe just kind of bold a headline, um, one or two sentences, and then, you know, kind of read more here with a link and then add some hashtags, right? So it doesn't have to be this big drawn out thing, but you don't just want to dump the link and be gone. Um, so... So when you're sharing an article, it's not like you have to give the whole article away inside of Google+. But your posts that, that aren't just sharing one of your own articles, uh, I would think of each one of them as a guest post because what you're getting out of them is equivalent to guest posting on someone else's website. Uh, you're going to get – you're getting reach. You're getting uh, exposure to new audiences because um, – People who find your articles are going to then reshare them to their own. And unlike, say, someone resharing something inside of Facebook or retweeting something inside of Twitter, you're not just getting exposure to that new audience when you're doing that. You're getting all the SEO value that passes through those links. So yeah. what I would encourage people to do with so that you're not just giving away your best content is if you do write a longer post inside of Google+, Include a link at the bottom if people want more, like uh, sometimes I'll include a link to my, one of my landing pages to subscribe to my newsletter. So I'll write a nice size post, a nice size post on Google Plus, and at the bottom I'll say, you want more um, kind of, you know, you want to become a content warrior. That's what I, that's what I call my audience. Uh, or, you know, you want more um, great content marketing information, subscribe here. So now I'm not just, you know, just putting a post out there for the fun of it. I'm actually including a call to action at the bottom, which is driving people to grow my email list or grow my podcast list or drive people to uh, my Google Plus starter kit or whatever. Like, um, Think of them as, as guest posts. So, uh, so you're not just giving it away. You're actually helping build your brand. Uh, the second part of the question uh, or second question, find the best audience. Great place to start is communities. So communities are like LinkedIn groups. And to a certain extent, um, but you can search for communities. There's communities on absolutely everything, uh, and find a community of people who have a like-minded interest. Um, I am a moderator for the content for a content marketing community, and I own an insurance marketing community. The two, you know, my two kind of areas of expertise. So I'm I'm involved in those communities, and it's, I easily connect with in those two communities thousands of people who have similar interests. So I would start with communities, build up connections inside of communities, and then those people will start to connect with you in the mainstream as well. Got it. Got it. Cool. Well, I've made some notes as you just spoke there, Ryan, for the 
past couple of minutes about what might make up an effective post. I've got a few notes here. First one is headline, um, reason to click through, a call to action and hashtags. Are there any other important elements that I've missed in my notes there that might be good things to include in a in a good post? Yeah, so uh, one thing you want to have, if you're going to, if you're not just sharing a link, so if you're, if you're sharing a link, then underneath the body of the content will be a thumbnail and a link to the article. So if you just put a link in, that's what will be under there. Uh, but if you're, say, you're, you're using the, the guest post strategy, you're just creating a nice piece of content and you're maybe trying to drive some email subscriptions or something, then you want to include a nice image that captures, um, that captures the, the emotion of what you're trying to explain. Um, a good example is last night before I went to bed, just I had something on my mind and, and I, and it was about like, you know, the putting in the work essentially. And it was meant to drive people to uh, my podcast. So the call to action at the end was driving people to my podcast page. And I found on a website called photopin.com, which is a great website to find free images. Uh, a picture of a guy like black and white picture of a guy like running and he was like really laboring, right? So it kind of draws out the emotion that I was trying to pull with the article. Well, the image captures people's attention. It gets them to actually read your content. And if your content is well formatted using, um, you know, bold headline, italics to kind of draw out certain ideas uh, and hashtags so that people, they can be, it can be searchable, you have a really good chance that, that person's going to want to uh, engage, click through, and share your article. Um, the only thing with PhotoPin is a lot of times you have to give uh, image credit, which shouldn't yeah. be a big deal. But um, that's an excellent resource I use all the time for great photos. Great. And Google Plus inherently is a very visually led platform, right? I mean, when yes. the images come up, I'm, I'm guessing that is an important feature. Cool. Video does really well. Uh, YouTube videos do really, really well, obviously, because they integrate and people can watch them right from the platform. So if you're a YouTube creator, uh, Google Plus is like almost a must use, especially now that YouTube comments have been integrated with Google Plus. Yeah. Yeah, got it. Well, we might talk about that in a moment, but I want to ask you very very briefly about kind of what I see as one of the distinguishing features of Google Plus, and that's as a publisher, you can kind of control who receives your content. It isn't just a reach all platform like a, a Facebook or a, a Twitter would be. Mm -hmm. How do you use that functionality in terms of who you target your content towards through your circles and your connections and what are the protocols? So for those who aren't familiar with the Google Plus platform, you can, everyone who you connect with you have to put into a circle. And circles are really just a way for you to categorize or by you know, topic or by interest uh, or by how they're affiliated to you, the people who, you are, who follow you or, or who you follow. So the beauty of that is you can really break them down into uh, who you want to share a piece of content with. So uh, I said uh, one of my expertise is insurance industry specific marketing. Um, though many of the ideas are the same, if I were to publish a post about insurance industry specific marketing and I sent it out to everyone and James, you saw that article, you would not be interested in that article because you don't work in the insurance industry and you know it's just not something that you're necessarily interested in and there's no reason for me to throw that into your stream because 
you're going to be more likely to kind of tune me out. I mean, that's one of the big issues we have with Facebook, right? Like 16% of people see our content, and a, and a big part of that is Facebook trying to um, figure out a way to put the best content in front of people that they're the most interested in. Well, Google Plus actually has allowed us to do that for our audience. So I have a circle of, say, five or 600 insurance professionals. I will only share that post with the insurance people because I know that uh, I don't want to fill up the stream of my other people because those people will then skip over my other posts that I think are pertinent to them. So it, it really provides us a way to be a um, seg- to segment our content and be a, a niche publisher and really provide the specific pieces of our audience with the content that they want. Um, and this is kind of a little, uh, I don't want to say like a pro tip or whatever, but something that you should consider. So uh, Google gives you the op- Google Plus gives you the option to email notify the people who are in your circles when you post a new article. You do not, by fault, want to do this ever because it is almost an immediate, like, either unfollow or someone will mute you, which means that they can't receive any notification from you ever again. Yeah. So never, ever do that unless you have permission. What you can do, though, is build up. So uh, I know a lot of people, I, I haven't really done this, and it's kind of like everyone who says, oh, I wish I started an email list sooner, uh, which you'll hear, like, so many people say. Um, I wish I had started doing this sooner. I've only started doing it recently. But at the end of your post, you can say, hey, just let me know in the comment below if you want to be notified of future posts on XYZ topic. So what you can start to do is build up a list of people who are okay being email notified when you post a new article on a specific topic. And what this does is exponentially drive engagement to your post. It's essentially, you're essentially email marketing them. Yeah, and it's just an incredibly powerful feature, um, and it's something that uh, you know. It's it is kind of like um, you do have to think about it. It does take time to grow, just like an email list. But if if you have a sizable list of people that you can email notify when you post a new Google Plus post, your engagement is like off the chain. Yeah, I can imagine. Well, that's an awesome tip. I mean, I get a I get a notification from a guy who's who's actually a very respectable marketer and a a good friend of mine who always adds me in on that notification list to send me an email. And it's just like, wait a second, dude. It's like, you've just added me to your email list without my permission, you know? Yep. Um, And it's nothing worse. I mean, he's just driving down his reputation. I won't name names because you might know him, but (laughs) (laughs) but he should know better is what I'm trying to get at. So that's a great way to try and move people from you know, uh, just a sort of a notification type scenario to where they get those emails that's, you know, ethical and um, has yeah. their permission that's going to be effective. So we all good. get a little greedy, right? We want to we wanna send that email, but uh, you, you really got to restrain yourself from doing that because it does, just like you said, it kills your reputation. Yeah. Now, I've noticed, Ryan, that you've just added um, Google Plus commenting to your blog why have you chosen that over something maybe like discuss or the inbuilt wordpress commenting what's your reasoning so i so believe in the, in the google plus platform and what it can do i mean i have uh, the traffic to my website has increased i haven't looked in a couple i try to like stay away from google analytics you know because it's like it's like a crack addiction but um i check once a week so i haven't checked this week yet but Last week, I had grown um, uh, like 50% from three months ago. So I had almost, you know, I have 
50% of what my traffic was, I've added on top of uh, my traffic be- since I doubled down on Google Plus about seven months ago. And it's almost all from search. And looking at the articles that are receiving that traffic, it's the articles that I have um, focused on inside of the Google Plus platform. So I can say without a doubt that today there is no better way to drive up your uh, search engine traffic than to be an active, engaged participant in the Google Plus platform. Okay. My belief, I'm sure someone could poke holes in it, but uh, based on my experience, it's what I firmly believe. So that being said, uh, I looked at the value of a comment like in the native WordPress system or in Discuss, and, and I looked at the value of the engagement that I get from Google Plus, and I've decided that to me, capturing comments on my WordPress site, I think, though I know that it adds additional content to your site and that Google indexes that uh, content, from what I've read and the research I've done, comment content uh, has a very low, you know, it's, it's very low in terms of what it adds to your search engine ranking. And I know that the engagement I get inside of Google Plus and what that activity has done for me. So I just said, if maybe I get a few less comments, um, I'm okay with that if I then if I can capture that engagement and, and conversation inside the Google Plus platform. And again, it's just with each new integration that I found uh, just an additional boost in, in what's happening inside the platform and then what Google has done to drive uh, additional traffic to my site. Got it. Awesome. Well, Ryan, you've shared a ton of value. I think we should get close to drawing things to a close. But I want to first ask you a a question which came up in our kind of pre-interview discussion where I asked you, what is your best traffic getting secret that you'll allow me to share? I normally get answers like, I don't know, a Facebook page post ad to an opt-in or some funky new ad network. Your reply to me was, it's not who it's, sorry, it's not who it's what you know. I didn't get that out the right way. You might be able to say it better. <laughs> it's not what you. It's not what you write. It's not what you know. It's who you know. Exactly. There you go. Yeah. I'm th- you're there to back me up this time. <laughs> <laughs> Explain it for us. Uh, basically, look. I have tried every traffic strategy that exists online, and I've done that both in my virtual business, which is what Content Warfare is, and I've done that uh, in my brick and mortar business, uh, which is uh, my insurance agency. And what I found time and again is that uh, having strong relationships is what drives traffic. And what I mean by that is if I have a friend or a colleague who is an influencer inside a community that I know uh, would be interested in my piece of content, having them share that with their community drives exponentially more more traffic uh, and really qualified traffic which is what I want, to my site than um, any tweet five times and then retweet and then pay this person to send it to this ad. Like, it just doesn't, none of the gimmicks or tricks or strategies can compare with having um, good, solid relationships with people who are willing to uh, kind of refer you to uh, their audience when they when you have a, a piece of content they think can help them. So um, my my piece of advice to everybody is build honest, um, transparent, strong relationships with people who uh, service a similar audience as you, 
and you'll never want for traffic. Got it. Well, that's a perfect place to close this out. It's exactly where I see Google Plus being a really strong platform. So, Ryan, thank you for that. You have shared a real great amount of gold marketing information. So thank you for today's session. Close out by just telling us where our listeners should connect with you should they want to find out a bit more about Ryan Hanley. Um, so I would love for everyone listening, if you're into podcasts, Content Warfare Podcast, uh, just Google that and you'll find me. And anyone um, anyone who's interested in learning more about Google+, Plus, I have a free course called the Google Plus Starter Kit. And if you, go- if you Google Google Plus Starter Kit, uh, you will uh, find that as well. And that's, like I said, a free resource that will kind of take you from zero to hero inside the Google Plus network. It's, it's been a pleasure, James. Thanks so much for having me, man. That's perfect. And to you, the listener, we'll make sure that both of those resources are linked to in the show notes of episode number 26. So head on over to the episode page of Traffic Jam Cast for that. So Ryan, thank you. Thank you. This week's news in traffic. Okay, so we'll start this week with Facebook and they've made some updates to their page composer to make it easier to share content on the platform. Now, there's two main updates. The first is around post scheduling. And if you're familiar with scheduling posts on Facebook, you'll know that you have to fill in about 12 fields just to schedule a post for tomorrow. Well, thankfully that's changed and it's really been simplified to pretty much two, one to select the date and then one to select the time. So if you're a a Facebook admin, you'll be well pleased with that update. The second one is just to make it easier to upload images to Facebook. And uh, now you can use a drag and drop facility to upload multiple pictures. So there you go, a couple of quick updates that will make usability on Facebook pages a bit easier for you. Now, in the second story this week, I'm going to stay with Facebook. And this story, whilst it isn't new, I wanted to bring it up now because I seem to be seeing it more and more, which might suggest that it's being rolled out to a greater audience. Now, this story actually emerged on November the 7th, and that was that Facebook are testing star ratings and displaying them on Facebook business pages. Now, you might find if you go to Facebook now that beneath the cover timeline image and beneath the business name, you'll see a star rating out of five displayed for business pages. Now, this kind of follows suit with what Google do with Google Plus pages and Yelp do, even Foursquare do with star ratings for business. So it's going to be interesting to see whether this does get rolled out to the entire Facebook platform. Now, what it might do is really change the focus of Facebook of being all around likes for business with a focus more on customer service and making sure that you actually get good feedback, which uh, which could in fact be a good thing. And, and hopefully if used properly, we'll kind of distinguish the good businesses from the bad businesses. But anyway, I'd love to get your feedback. Have you seen this on your own Facebook business page? Um, let me know what you think by posting your comments on this week's episode. Okay, listener, so it's that point of the show where I thank you if you've left me a review or comment on iTunes. And if you have, you're probably sitting at the edge of your seat with bated breath to see if your name gets read out. Well, I'm not quite sure about that. But anyway, we've got three this week, um, all from people in the United States. The first is from Nick Neath, and he was commenting on the Rand Fishkin episode. And he says, Rand Fishkin is the man. 
James, thanks for this podcast. That interview is great and I've subscribed. Um, Anthony Tran, again, as they also in the United States, he says website traffic is a hot topic. All right, let's get some traffic. Love this topic about SEO and other ways to drive traffic to your website. And finally, from Andy Gray, uh, he says, actionable and inspiring, well worth the time. I'm finding both actionable content and inspiration for traffic building in each episode. Great stuff, James. So thanks, guys. Please do keep the comments and reviews coming. Um, They really are helpful to me to know which types of episodes are are getting the best feedback and are most interesting to you. And uh, it also drives me on to create more shows as well. So if you haven't yet left a review or comment on iTunes, then perhaps you might do that for me this week. It really is the best way that you can support the show show. And of course, to do it, what you need to do is log into your iTunes account via your iTunes player, search for the Traffic Jam podcast, click on ratings and reviews, select a star rating, and then leave your comment along with that. The one minute traffic tip. Okay, so I'm keeping this week's tip precise and on point to the interview. And the tip is simply this interview someone interesting, just like I do every single episode here on Traffic Jam. Because not only are you going to learn something interesting, which I certainly do each episode, but your interviewee will probably share your session if you do a great job. Now, I'm sure Ryan's going to share this podcast episode with his own audience, and I'll do the same when I appear on the Content Warfare podcast, which Ryan has asked me to do later this year. So staying completely on theme with what Ryan said in the interview, it's not what you know, it's who you know. So who can you identify in your market that has a similar type of audience to your own that you can perhaps interview? Because when you do, what you'll find happens is kind of a cross-pollination of audiences. People from their audience will find you and people from your audience will find them. So that listener brings episode number 26 of Traffic Jam to a very near close. Remember, for more traffic tips and training to help you grow your business online, head on over to veravo.com. That's V-E-R-A-V-O.com. And that's also the home to the Traffic Jam podcast as well. So you'll find the episode page to this episode number 26 with Ryan there too. So if you want to post any comments or feedback on the episode page, please feel free. I'm sure myself and Ryan will be diving over there to answer your questions. To play out the episode, we've got a track chosen by Ryan. It's from the 1998 album Moment of Truth. The track title is called Work and the band is called Gangstar. Now, I have got a little word of warning for you. It does contain some quite strong language. So if you are easily offended by the odd swear word, then I suggest you tune your ears out now. So here we go. Work by Gangstar. And I'll see you back here next week for another episode of Traffic Jam. That's all my eyes can see. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Now I'ma start collecting props, connecting plots, networking like a conference. 
Cause the nonsense is yet to stop Jake shake me down Haters wanna take me down Break me down Clap All they heard was a sound Yo I scoped it out I took your weak dream and choked it out Your bitch don't really got no ass She just poked it out On the D-Lo I'm saying you versus me yo We can do this shit right here In front of your people See time is money kid And BS walks And to me It's funny kid When you meet heads talk I see Fed stalk They wanna dig up the dirt son Is it me they hawk Cause I be putting in work son be on Tidal That's all my eyes can see Victory is mine Yeah, surprisingly I've been laying Waiting for your next mistake I put in work And watch my status escalate The cornballs get stonewalled Blackballed, I own y'all The veteran Running my plan I'm the better man Crazy raw Doing my job like the mob Blazing y'all And disappearing in the fog Or a mist And chicks can't resist what I kick They be begging for attention On some more of the deals, Nick Word up, baby Someone may have to get hurt up, baby Shit is mad shady But I got to get the grade Platinum respect like the force of attack Keep you hitting the deck Feeling heat in your chest Banging your thoughts with the hot onslaught A kid got shot on the spot For going where he should not Viciously, I make history instantly Those other lame ass loser ass niggas They can't fuck with me I'm doing my thing now To lamp later on Paid me shit with some fly gators on But now I'm grimy as they get Mud on my pants and shirt I bet you niggas out here know I be putting it work I'm gonna be on Tidal That's all my eyes can see Victory is mine Yeah, surprisingly I've been laying Waiting for your next mistake I put in work And watch my status escalate Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. To know more about this program and to subscribe for future episodes, check out the website, trafficjamcast.com. Traffic